Hi, and welcome back to our next episode of Climversations. In this episode, we talk about the next chapter in the book Onward by Elena Aguilar called Play and Create. We're going to focus on the different aspects of play and artistic expression in our lives and the health benefits they provide and how they can make you more productive in everyday life. Another highlight of our conversation is how it takes courage to play and create and how this can build our resilience in trying times. Take a listen now. Hi, and welcome back to our next episode of the Onward series. I am here with my counterparts, Sam. Hi. Carrie. Good afternoon. And it's myself, Monica, and we're back to talk about Elena Aguilar's book, Onward, Cultivating Emotional Resilience and Educators. And the chapter for the month of March is Play and Create. And to give you some context about what this chapter is about, she really just talks about how creativity and play kind of unlock the resources to deal with everyday life, which all of us can say that it's been fun dealing with during the last year for sure, but just how it helps with dealing with stress, solving problems, enjoying life in general. And she kind of just touches on some different things of like what exactly is play and the benefits of that, how it, like I said, can improve relationships, your brain function, and then just goes into how art is also really helping us to tap into creativity and its role in our resilience through the different stressors of our jobs and how when we're being creative, it's a habit and disposition that we have, and there's ways that you can boost it and really tap into your artistic expression. She kind of goes into those types of resources to help with stress. And so we'll get started on talking about Stuart Brown, who is the founder of the Institute for Play, has a core message that Elena Aguilar, the author, talks about in her book, specifically in this chapter. And that the idea is that a little non-productive play will make us more productive, invigorated, and resilient. So he then goes on to explain the different attributes of play. So in this conversation, let's just think about a time when we quote unquote played and what attributes did it involve that made it most appealing to us? Well, I was thinking of, I guess, sort of (laughs) pre-COVID. My friends and I, we love going to escape rooms and doing escape rooms. And it's like my jam, like the competition and like the riddles and the brain teasers and everything. Um, so I thought of that experience and doing that um, for the improvisational potential because you're in a group, you know, you're usually in a group in a room trying to beat the clock and it's basically like there are no bad ideas. Like everybody's just like throwing things out there. Um, yeah, diminished consciousness of self, like you don't care what you look like or what you sound like, like you're just trying to trying to reach the goal of getting, getting out of the locked room. Um, which I guess we can't lock ourselves in a room anymore <laughs> with other people, but no, that's, um, that's called a nightmare. Okay, <laughs> um, but they do have. We have been ordering these little escape room boxes off Amazon. Oh, they are so cute. And we just sit at the kitchen table, but they are so they still have riddles and like little puzzles and things. So it's still, you know, some brain teasers and stuff to give us a little bit of break and a little bit of play. Um, some of them are really hard and they take a long time, so they're challenging. So those kind of the things that I thought about when I was reading that part. Maybe I'll have, if there's school-appropriate escape rooms, I'll uh, link them in the show notes. Yeah. 
Send them to me. I didn't even know they did those in boxes. I know they do like murder mystery games. That's yeah. always a good time. I guess it's like similar. Yeah. I just want to like go off on a baby tangent about escape rooms real quick. Like super stressful. Like I don't know. I just I'm like we are I literally. It. I can't handle it. <laughs> I'm like, we, I'm like, we're like, I just picture, I've only done it once. We were in this room and I'm like, there's nothing in here we can use. <laughs> okay. And everyone's like, maybe okay. if we like tap the wall six times and spin around in a circle and open, and I'm like, are we really going to do this? We're going to go through every possible Sonic drink flavor right now to try to get this door open. I'm like, I can't. But you know who is a pro at him is Alexis Rose. That's right. <laughs> yep. Shit's creepy. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> That show, I forgot about that. That's funny. I'm like, why is that even something already else? Yeah, she thrives in times of stress, apparently. Like, I guess that's why I'm like, and then the timer's like the bright red numbers in the corner. And I'm like, this is stressing out. We actually made it out. And it was like a group of 13 of us. It was like an administration team. We did it for detailing. Shout out to our principal for taking us to that. But I just like, this, I was like, and, and we had never worked together or talked together yet. It was super interesting to figure that's out, funny, like, yeah. One person ended up sitting down on the ground, like diving their head into their hands. I'm like, it's gonna be okay, it's not real. Oh no. <laughs> okay, Sam, your turn. Sorry, we're not gonna baby change it. Okay. <laughs> I think that uh, a lot of the team building stuff that I've done with previous staff before, one of them that uh, was really fun was uh, doing a goose chase scavenger hunt across uh, Luetta. <laughs> it was pretty fun. A busy street. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I got from that or the attributes that spoke to me was the diminished consciousness of self because I didn't care if I looked like a fool. I was going to run or do what I never any whatever I needed to do to get the most points. Plus also um, it allowed me to be just goofy and instead of having like a serious thing uh, that I had to focus on, it allowed me to just kind of let my hair down and just be with the people I was with. And then um, apparent purposelessness if that i can't say that but it was just to have fun and that was it there was no really practical purpose for it other than just to break up our day and have a little bit of fun so those were anytime i've done stuff like that i really focus on the diminished consciousness of self though because it allows me just to be in the moment be goofy and not worry about what people think because we're trying to do something fun and creative anyway so interesting yeah it's kind of freeing i'm not gonna lie when i saw this chapter like like playing games is stressful for me because i want to win <laughs> you know the strangers listening don't so i'm like well i mean it's fine but i'm also super stressed on my games i'm like okay how can i win this i'm like so competitive but then i like kind of took to the sentence that she said like playing is like when you recall a time when you feel felt most alive and you take a moment to close your eyes remember that time and let yourself be back to that memory. And I'm like, okay, so it's not like a memory, but I do lose track of time. And then she talks about like, what helps you lose a sense of the passage of time. It's fun, it makes you feel good. And this is so cliche, but like, I really enjoy my Peloton. Okay, yeah. Like I lose track of time depending on how hard the workout is, but I'm like, you know, it's fun. I, it's, it's something I'm not like thinking about work or something that's, you know, I have to do. It's just like, I don't know, it's voluntary kind of, you know, and but I don't know, and then I, it really hit all of these things that she's saying, like there's a continuation desire, I want to keep doing it, improvisational potential, like you're open to do, doing things in different ways, like different workouts and stuff. Anyways, I know it sounds cliche, but it, I thought about that. And then also like crafting, like I own a cricket, and it's a love-hate relationship because every time you try something new with it, it's a lot of frustration because <laughs> it's not always user-friendly. But then it's like I'm creating something at the end and it's not work-related. 
you know, we create so much in this position specifically in this department, and it's fun, but like it's nice to be able to create something outside of that. So now everyone has ideas and things you can do. Escape room, Peloton, and Skype. Okay. <laughs> so then she talks about how experts have revealed five benefits of play. So which benefit resonates with you the most and why, just so the listeners can know what this is. So she says, play relieves stress, play improves relationships, play improves brain function, stimulates the mind and boosts creativity, and helps us feeling young and energetic. I would say for me, um, anytime I, uh, I've been in a group and done something creative and playful, I say that the improvement of relationships, you get to see people um, outside of their traditional self, like when they're in their work zone or in their workflow, and you can see them just, you know, have fun. And you learn, you can learn a lot about people, especially those you don't know in that vein as well. But the other thing too, for me, if I'm by myself and I'm doing something artistic, or you know anything like that, a creative, it's a big stress reliever. I'm able to really just do something that I like and not worry if anyone else likes it because it's for my enjoyment and my enjoyment only. So yeah. those are some of the big benefits uh, that I see whenever I engage in any type of play or artistic expression. Yeah, I agree. The ones that, actually one of the, the stress ones kind of stood out to me too, but um, a couple of the others, the and maybe having like a sort of a midlife crisis because I'm about to turn 40. So <laughs> tell me, everybody, I'm turning 40 this year. I'm embracing it, sort of. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so it says, play keeps us feeling young and energetic. So that's speaking to me right now. And I love the quote from George Bernard Shaw. She says, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Right. And so um, that one just kind of spoke to me. I've been trying to kind of like you said, Monica, be a little more active lately, um, you know, going to my Camp Gladiator sessions. I played tennis last weekend. I haven't done that in a long time. Wow. So that was really fun. Um, and just having a couple hours, you know, every weekend that, you know, I'm not doing grad school homework. I'm not working on work. I'm not having to, like, I need to cook dinner or anything like that. It's just kind of like some mindless, ener energetic fun. Um, so that one kind of spoke to me. And then uh, it stimulates the mind and boosts creativity. Um, I really enjoy creating things, anything, just just creating and being imaginative. So the fact that um, I can continue to do that even in my old age, uh, if I keep playing, it makes me happy. <laughs> just in case you're over 40, we don't think you're old. No, we don't. I'm just old. She just thinks she's herself. <laughs> um, I'm going to agree with you on that. And I think that's part of like why we're educationers, like educationers, yeah. educators. Um, sorry, y'all. It's a Friday afternoon. We're yeah. having a with math. We're sweating. It's the end of the week, so bear with us. But this is a playful and creative conversation, so we'll just stay with the theme. I would say that for me, it stimulates the mind and boosts creativity. I crave, like, creating things, having finished products. But then, like, also how it says stimulates the mind, like, it's like an older age. Like, just, like, you know, you're not a kid anymore. It's hard to, like, learn something new and remember how that feels to, like, not do something and like it always bring, brings that back to when I was 25 and I was getting my masters, which was like yesterday. And <laughs> why are you laughing? Um, and like our the very first class I took, our professor was telling us she was trying to teach us how to juggle. And I was like, what is the point of this? Like, whatever. And it was about kinesthetics, um, da da da. 
And I remember like being so frustrated, A, because I wasn't the first person on the class to learn it, whatever. But B, because um, like through the process, I was remembering how it was to learn something new. And then when I got it, y'all, I felt like I won the Olympics. I'm like, I know how to juggle. And it was like, because we learned it for so long. And so I really crave like stimulating my mind and it not, not ever getting to a place in life where it's just like mind-numbing activity and like day in, day out, same thing over and over again. Um, and then I would also say improves brain function. Like I've never understood people who've done puzzles. I'm like, Love puzzles. I'm like, you dump all this out and you just stick and put it together. <laughs> However, becoming a parent and like starting with preschool puzzle. I did this like minor Elena of Avalor Disney puzzle the other day. It was like the first time I ever like dumped pieces out. No, y'all, it's like a cartoon one. It's not that serious. <laughs> There's like 20 pieces. <laughs> I finished it. And I was like, "Oh, this is I what people do puzzles." <laughs> and I'm like, now I like, I feel like I understand those people. They're like, "Look what we did. We put together this entire city of Paris in seven hours." I still think that like might be a little much for me, but it's just funny because like now I think I'm kind of like on a minor level of into puzzles. I've never understood that before. So I used to do 3D puzzles as a kid, or the ones that you put together and they built up. I didn't yeah. even know that existed until you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I can see why now. It's like the sense of accomplishment. And I just felt like, is there a parade coming? Like, what happens when you're done? Do you stick it back in the box? You created the picture. It looks like the box. Like, it, and it matches. Done. And then, like, to me, if I was a puzzle person, and I'm going to wrap this this point up because it's getting, out of, it's getting out, out of hand, I would frame those, I think. Like, you guys, <laughs> look at this. Come in my puzzle room. <laughs> look at all my puzzles on the wall. And then pull this. Oh, cool. Okay. Artistic expression is a form of play and art that takes on many forms. So like, what are some ways that you create art? How can you stretch yourself to other forms of artistic expression? I think this is like really important for anybody who's listening who might think like, I'm not an artistic person. I think people put themselves either in artistic expression kind of category or they're not. And like, as you guys learn, especially coming to this department, like you learn skills and design and creativity and artistic ability and there's just, it's really important to think about like how could you create art so like what what would y'all say for this one um i was thinking this may be a stretch but um i like journaling which is more i guess like non-fiction because no, i'm like journaling about my life but i'm expressing myself 100 percent through the writing and so and like i'll change Kind of the way I'm writing from like day to day, like sometimes uh -huh. it'll be like I'm the narrative, you know, and then it'll be like third person and the next day, just to like see mm -hmm. kind of like different perspectives or just to switch it up and, and make it interesting. So I guess that's kind of how, how I create art. And I was thinking about if I could push myself, then I have tried to write fiction before, like something on my bucket list is like to write a book, which I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm only. 39 so it could um so i guess writing fiction and i used to write i used to really like write poetry when i was younger so i guess maybe getting back to that some of that would be a little more creative um as far as the writing and the journaling goes so you should yeah. do nano rhyme uh, that happens in november Oh, all right. Yeah, it's a challenge where you are, uh, it's like a month-long challenge where you just start writing, and a lot of people have written a lot of novels during that month that okay. they never thought that they'd be able to do. Yep. What's it called? NaNoWriMo. Spell it. N, it's capital N-A, capital N-O, 
capital W-R-I, capital M-O. Okay, I'll have to. It's it's an acronym for something. It. I don't remember the full acronym, but I've known people that have written novels during the month of November, cool. and it's a writing challenge. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, former English teacher over there. Okay, Sam, yeah, your turn. Guilty. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I being a former elementary educator, I feel like I always would be like the uh, upcycler. <laughs> Like, and everyone used to make fun of us. Like, we would say, oh, we could use this and we can uh, use it like a sorting trait for sorting manipulatives and things with kids. So, like, oh, that explains much. Yeah, it <laughs> explains a lot about me. <laughs> but, like, I, I can look at things and kind of repurpose them and use them. Like, I've used my uh, pretzel bins and pretzel buckets for. Uh, estimation stations Fine. and things like that or awesome. um, if I see lots of colors we do collages or something along that line and I think being around a lot of elementary minded people if you kind of figure out different ways for uh, to create different things for your classroom because you're on a limited budget and you're trying to infuse as much creativity as possible into your classroom so you take everyday items and kind of like make or space it and put it in your classroom and it's like something brand new so yeah it's very and I, I just love doing that kind of stuff really like, and when I was able to do like destination imagination challenges with the kiddos that was the most fun um, I would have with just everyday materials you should get the crafting you can make some really fun stuff <laughs> I, I like to craft I just I like so many random things yeah that I would have to find like my niche, I think. Well, I like random stuff. stuff. That's fine. That's your niche right there. Yeah. So that's kind of how I take that expression and go with it. Love that. Okay. Well, mine I would say artistic expressions, probably like through communication in general. Like I like to write blog articles about leadership. And I started my own personal podcast away from this one. And like a personal podcast, my husband's like, you do not have time. Fine, but like I just have so many ideas. Like I, I want to get on. I love doing podcasts. So and then just like I don't know, just crafting too is like a type of communication. Because I mean, some of it's like using words or whatever. But um, yeah, I just think thinking in the people listening, I think it's important to think like it doesn't mean you have to pick up a paintbrush or like draw the body of a horse perfectly. Like it doesn't have to be like what you think of art, literally. You know, it can be unique things to you and what your interests are. So play, resilience, and creativity take courage to make, especially if it's not something that you're comfortable with or that you do in your own free time away from your positions and jobs. And right now, there's kind of a lot of things out there that can be negative. So how can we muster the courage to use play, resilience, and creativity to not only transform ourselves, but those around us, as well as during these trying times? This one was kind of difficult for me. Um, I think we just have to remember to keep things in perspective. Um, I mean, we all want to be the best we can in our job and in our lives, um, but sometimes because of that, we don't leave much time for play because we kind of think it's silly or it's unimportant. Um, so I think just kind of choosing, I think it's, it's hard and it takes courage to, to choose to put the work down, to choose to step away from something that you know is important and it's, important to you intrinsically to do something else even if it's going to benefit you in the end and i think that's the hardest part for me is thinking like okay this five minutes i do now this five minutes i do now could save me 
30 to 40 minutes on the back end if I'm more focused or I'm more, I have more energy or more creative when I get back to the work that I'm trying to do. So I think sometimes just like closing that laptop or like putting the book, you know, putting your, your notebook down, walking out of your office, like whatever it is, it can be like the scariest part of, of trying to play and trying to, to make time for it. So I think it's just that and, and just making the step kind of getting out of your comfort zone. Um, Cause sometimes I think people don't play because they're self-conscious or they like, mm -hmm. don't want people to think like mm -hmm. they're wasting time or like, you know, it's a competition like, Oh, I'm so busy. How do you have time to do that? Like, you know, it, yeah, it's about <laughs> like, how do you we're all busy. Yeah. Just being intentional with like right. making time for it. Right. And there's so many little things that I've learned um, kind of researching articles for our um, human resources, Twitter, and our professional learning Twitter about productivity and like time management that, you know, if I take five minutes now to read this article, it may be, you know, I could save time again, you know, later if I'm learning like one new thing I can do to make time for my play or for reading or whatever it is that kind of like keeps me centered. So those are my thoughts. Um, when I was thinking about this question, you know, with the new year and everything and everything we've gone through last year coming into this year, it's kind of like a snowball of a whole bunch of stuff. But I think um, what resonated with me about courage and taking the ability to use an artistic form was when Amanda Foreman read her poem at the inauguration. Yeah. And yeah, um, that's a good example. Uh, the Hill We Climb. It gave me, like, when I listened to it, I had chills. And, you know, when people have the courage to, I mean, everyone's like, can a poem really do that? Absolutely. Yeah. And the way that uh, the platform was used and everything like that, it was just a very hopeful and inspiring thing to see because after a few months, we hadn't seen anything that was worth, you know, listening to or being inspired by to see this um, young African-American woman um, speak so beautifully. I was like, wow, like she reminds me of like another Maya Angelou. And so I was just, that's what came to mind when I was thinking about this question was just having the courage to say what you need to say in a positive manner, but having such a big platform and doing it and how that affected so many people. And because I, when I was on Twitter the rest of the day, mm -hmm. it blew up. Mm -hmm. So it reached a lot and it, it, it did a lot of good, I think. So that's what came to mind when I was thinking about this. Yeah, that's a good point. Like your play could end up impacting others positively. It might not be a large impact or it might impact the whole country. So. Um, I think you touched on something, Carrie, that I wanted to point out that, you know, when I say I purchased a Cricut specifically, a lot of people are like, can I tell them, like, how I'm obsessed with it? That's the crafting tool that I use. Um, they're like, oh, do you have time for that? Like, I just don't have time for that. I'm like, well, here's the deal. Do I do it as much as I want? Not even close. Right. But there are times where I literally at night will choose between you know, finishing up something that maybe I can put off for another day versus sitting down and pouring into a hobby that I want to have that's separate from all the roles and titles I have in my life that's only connected to me as an individual. Yeah. I think that's important to remember whether you're you know, in a relationship, not a relationship, have a family at home, don't have a family at home. It's important to just like center yourself around something that you can connect that's creative and leisure and doesn't have to do with your job, who you are as a daughter, who you are as a we are as a husband, whatever the case is, and kind of just like center yourself into like it's almost I wouldn't say it's like meditation, it's almost just like having a moment and just like tapping into like what you're 
capability. Like, I'm going to do this for me and me only. Yeah, and I'm not saying people should get, like, lost in hobbies, like, no. don't go to the responsibilities, but just, like, it is frustrating. And, and this is the thing, too, people say, I don't have time for that. There are seasons where you could be playing more than other seasons. Like, yeah. depending on the school, the time of the school year, et cetera, or what's going on in your personal life, it doesn't mean, like, if you have a newborn, you need to be tapping into, like, all of the yeah. different hobbies. It's not really a great time to do that unless you're just, like, you know, a rock star. But then maybe when your kids are 13 and 14 years old, you might have more time to do X, Y, and Z. So I just think like it's important to remember like you don't have to have playing all the time consistently, just like really make it fit. But you do have to be intentional about it because I don't know any educators right now or ever that were like, I'm so bored right now. Yeah. My, life, my life is so hectic right now. Like I've never heard an educator say that. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think, think no adult. Yeah, and I think that should be like, listeners should take that into consideration of this whole book like there's 12 chapters there's 12 things that she says we can do to create emotional resilience she doesn't mean we're doing all 12 at the same time yeah she means like when you're feeling stressed when you're feeling overwhelmed when you're feeling like you can't go on here's 12 here pick one you know every now and then so you play yeah or in but once you learn them all it could be any you know at any time yeah that's true. and so like the play may not happen as much as meditation if that's your thing you know or the play yeah. you know building compassion for someone and practicing that intentionally may come up for you more if that's something that speaks to you. So I think just remembering, you know, when we're talking about this and we're doing this every month, that this isn't something we're saying, like, you should be doing all these little things every month whenever you feel stressed, like, you know, just taking from it little things. You know, I always tell my participants in professional learning too, like, you're going to be with me for 30 minutes to an hour. Like, if you can take one or two things back, and use them in your school life or in your classroom, like, I feel like that's a win, you know? And so just keeping that in mind, like, we're not all the experts yeah. on this. Like, we're just helping <laughs> giving examples, no, but also not expecting to, like, you know, well, and they think, put all these in your, in and your this, toolbox at the same time and be like, I can't do any of this because it feels like we're, you know, there's so many things. Well, yeah. this conversation will turn, this conversation has turned more personal than probably the other yeah. onward series ones, but I think the point of it in these questions and the answers is like, hearing us give examples might spur that, okay, it doesn't mean I have to sit there with a paintbrush. Right. Yeah. Like yours is journaling in different perspectives and hers is upcycling and mine's communicating. Like yeah. that's so random and broad, but we make it our own. But I, it's funny because I, when you're talking, I'm thinking like, it can even be like at the next Thanksgiving dinner, Google some minute to win it games with yeah. things that are around your house mm -hmm. and like let everybody be competitive and laugh and have fun. It yeah. doesn't mean you have to have like a consistent hobby. It can mean these random things. It doesn't also mean that you have to go out there with your family and play Red Rover, Red Rover, Red Rover, right? Yeah. <laughs> everybody get outside and play. <laughs> that, that was an injury in my family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a couple of fights about you. But the other thing that she put in there too was like implications for leaders of anybody. She's like, yeah, even okay. if it's just for like a check-in question of something that's just completely random, like if you were to be like a fictional character, what would you be? That's also we had fun with our check-in yeah, questions. Yeah, it's like bringing in play into your meeting, and it doesn't take up like two, maybe two or three minutes, but you get to know the people around you more, and then also types into some creativity. So for those that may be a little bit more apprehensive of maybe doing some long run out thing, they can kind of share one little thing about them and then it's kind of like taking that step closer to becoming more comfortable with play. 
or artistic expression. And I like how she put that like in like in the in your job and your workplace. Yeah. Like, those are things you can do, and it doesn't mean like we're all putting our shirking our yeah. responsibility. And like, yo, let's go outside play for an hour. Like we're not throwing football in the parking lot, but. I love the one where she says provide clay, Play-Doh, or putty in supply boxes because it's not genius, but it is something we've done with our students before. There's been a couple of lesson plans I have that have Play-Doh involved, and I taught teenagers, and they thought that was, like, the funniest thing ever. Yeah. But, like, we're no different just because we're older. Like, yeah. we're all so human, but we still all want to play and, like, make stuff, too. And, like, I went, I think I told you guys this. I went to a TCA virtual conference session last week, and I'm blown away by this guy, and I wish I had a name right now. Maybe I'll try to find a name and put it in the show notes. About this guy's full time job at this university is gamifying professional learning. And uh, not even professional learning, I'm sorry, virtual learning in general for like students and teachers. And I, I had so much fun learning about these games that this guy created. And it wasn't, they were super like, they were definitely unique to him and he created them. But like, it was so cool that he was trying to gamify content for kids to learn better. But I kept thinking like, we could do this with little learners too. So yeah. you could definitely put it in your job, like you said. and. If you guys buy the book, she's got more ideas. I mean, it can even be like making people do skits. Like, they'll probably all roll your eyes at you, but by the end, yeah. everyone's like laughing, having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it just kind of like relaxes everybody too. Yeah. Like, especially, you know, this is a really stressful time just in the world right now. So, just like putting some, you know, some levity on a situation, even if it's going to be a serious meeting or you have to talk about something serious, just kind of, you know. Everybody kind of just, their shoulders kind of fall, and everybody you know kind of relaxes a little. So, well, thank you guys for joining us. And next next month will be April, and it will be on change. writing the ways of change. I, I thought you should pick play and create for March because it's spring break too. Like that's like that makes yeah. sense. Like midway through the semester, you're playing a lot, but yeah, and you fun. can be more intentional about it if you're coming up on spring break. One hundred percent. So. So thank you guys for joining and YouTube for a new time. And we will see y'all next time on Conversation. I hope you enjoyed this episode where we talked about how important play is to all of our personal and professional lives. I encourage you to really dig deep into your passions outside of work and find some time to play. We only have one life to live and it's too short to take everything serious all of the time, especially during this pandemic. This playful spirit should help you build resilience as you navigate through the ups and downs of our world. Until next time, here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.